0: He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine.
1: But you got to have friends.
2: to have friends and apparently as part of our discussion this morning we are learning that the homeless have many friends here in Wheeling, and some that are not so friendly
3: i think i lost a couple of friends this morning i have
2: lost a couple this morning although you're getting some positive comments on the frio stack auction service text line bobby i'm with you good rant this morning you know usually when the rant people talk about the rants i'm the ranter you were you've been you've been doing good this morning you, you're fired up during the commercial or in the news break, Bob was still gone. You're, you're fired up, pal. That's good. That's good. Uh, let's see. A couple of people correcting both you and me on the church. Uh, it is the first where the Life Hub is going to be, it's the first English Lutheran church. I think I did. I said Edgewood. I forget. what I you said. I said
3: St. Mark's, so we both screwed it we up. We
2: both were wrong. It's the first English Lutheran church, which I I know that, but I I spoke wrong, and I appreciate it.
3: Well, St. Mark's is in home Grove, isn't it? Yeah, How and, I messed that up. Sorry about, about and that. Edgewood
2: is <laughs> well in Edgewood, <laughs> so okay. I,
3: we weren't even close. I don't hour. know.
2: It's I I just I knew the I knew it just, but hey, I I appreciate the text. The Frio Stack Aux Service Text Line. It's part of what it's there for is to keep us honest. Uh, several of you said, reminded me the church is the first English Lutheran. Um, I got a long. I'm not going to read this whole thing, even though it's. Comp- I think it's complimentary to me, uh, or maybe they're talking about you. I don't know. Yes, I believe you are compassionate. It is hard to see things from someone else's side. I have lived in several areas and there was always a homeless issue. I felt frustrated at times, but a wise person said to me, if you know, said to me, you know we are all at times two paychecks away from being homeless. I'd really think about that. I mean, we may have generational wealth and maybe a family member will keep us from being homeless, but it's changed my thoughts. Yes, there always will be those taking advantage of the system. Uh, However, please remember a little quote here, a biblical quote, and maybe that's where I come from, a little bit more biblical. Remember when you do for the least of these, you do it to me. Jesus had the right idea. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Uh, I appreciate that. A little long for me to share the whole thing with you, but your points are well made. I I do appreciate that. Frio Stack Auction Service Text Line 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. The issue will be taken up today on Statewide Talk Line, Uh, not the lifehub here in Wheeling, but I'm looking over Hoppy's notes that he sends me every morning about what he's got coming up. Parkersburg Mayor Tom Joyce will be on to talk about the homeless-slash-drug-abuse problem. Uh, apparently, the Parkersburg mayor, according to Hoppy, is concerned about the oxymoron that the more services you provide, the bigger the problem gets, which is kind of what you're
3: saying. Yeah, And again, okay, uh, the Catholic charities, uh, they, they feed the homeless. Uh, uh, soup kitchen. S- soup kitchen, Salvation Army. A lot, of, a lot of good, good people reach out and help them. But, Howard, it's a simple question. When they're panhandling, what, what do you think they do with that that money? You know, it, they're not uh, upgrading their wardrobe. Uh, they're not investing it. They're going out and doing what they do. It's either alcohol or drugs. And I'm sorry, boy, Bob is really sounding like a prick today. But, again, what are they doing with the money?
2: When uh – I used to be hit up by panhandlers downtown when I was a little more active, lived, not lived downtown, but when the the station was across the street and I was often wandering the town during the day and at night even. Um, I'd be hit up by panhandlers a lot, and the only thing I would ask of them is is to be honest with me. Hey, buddy,
0: I just need to get a cup of coffee. Can you give me a dollar and a
2: quarter? It's like, well, I could, but you don't really want coffee, do you? You want beer. Well, uh, if you want beer here, go get a beer. I'll, I'll help you out. But just be honest with me.
3: And think about how much more, Howard, uh, the, the tents, the backpacks. And I know you need much more than that. And, and I know that I wish I am so glad I'm not living like that. But it's not like the community doesn't do anything. That's what kind of gets me fired up, too. I think we do a lot, Howard. I really think we do. I think Wheeling is a very compassionate town. Uh,
2: there is absolutely no argument about that. The question is, should we do and can we do more? And how can we do it? And you raise a good question. I was off the air, on the air. Uh, and I don't want to get into it because we don't have time today. But I, I do want to get into it, which is, if we are going to have this life hub downtown and if there's going to be homeless housed there, which, again, is my big question, I talked to Melissa Adams when she was here last time, and I got the impression it was going to be more than just a building for services for the homeless, that they were going to actually have some kind of homeless living going on there. Then if you're going to provide more services, maybe it is time then to, to crack down on the panhandling. Uh, I, I, that's a, I think it's a legitimate conversation we need to have that uh, at some other day. It's 8.14, 14 after the hour here on the Watch Talk Morning Show. I wish I could say we're probably going to cool things down, but probably not. Uh, because if he remembers to uh, call me, uh, coming up next, we'll talk to Howard Gamble from the Ohio County Health Department about the needle exchange program. We do have one here in Ohio County. It was on hold for a while as the state put new regulations in and they had to have training and all kinds of things done. We'll talk to Howard about that. Uh, but the needle exchange program in Charleston was voted down just this past week uh, I thought it'd be a good time to take a look at what we're doing here in Ohio County. I didn't know we were coming on the On the heels of our homeless debate. So It'll be a continuation of the why do we help those people kind of things? I suppose howard's coming up next
0: On the last talk line Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Charlie Trump You know
4: our pension systems are better funded now than they've ever been that's the, the result and consequence of a 35 year plan bipartisan you know i have That's to get, true. Uh, That's true. That's true. I give the Dem- I give the Democrats a credit for this cuz it started when they were in the leadership in the house.
5: Talk line weekdays at 1006 on this Metro News radio station. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the Watchdog trusts. Don't just listen.
0: Be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Call or text us at 304 214 1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Your direct connection to the Watchdog. conversations you care about with
6: people you know. This
0: is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. This morning
2: degrees Wheeling Ohio County Airport 65 at the Highlands 66 In my backyard in Elm Grove and 64 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Sunny today. Highs in the 80s. Tomorrow a washout day. It's going to rain all day long. Heavy rain in the morning. Pop-up showers throughout the day. Upper 70s. A little cooler tomorrow as well. Then Friday it'll be sunny and pleasant once again. and Then Saturday it's going to rain again. and Then Sunday it'll be sunny and pleasant again. And then Monday it's going to rain again you get that little back and forth back and forth so today's the sunny and pleasant day today's a good day to get out and do uh, and to do some things uh, text uh, off the uh, frio stack auction service text line a little picture that was sent to me bob uh, one of our listeners is uh, sitting smoking a cigar because i can see the cigar sent me a picture while uh, listening to the watchdog online at watchdognetwork.com shows a picture of him listening on his uh, on his ipad to watchdognetwork.com, probably agreeing with me, Harry uh, I I I would I would strongly suspect a strongly suspect he is agreeing with you. He simply says a good morning for radio, and I would mm. uh, I would concur with that. Charleston City Council um, debated for quite some time, and then this week the council turned down a needle exchange program proposal that came from one of their former abortion providers there. Um, I was a bit surprised at the vote, to be honest with you. Uh, I was surprised, in particular, the uh, the mayor, uh, Amy Schuler Goodwin, Wheeling native, um, had uh, voted against that. But it got me uh, thinking about what we're doing here in Ohio County. I know that we do have a needle exchange program. If I remember correctly, had been kind of put on hold a little bit uh, until they had to revamp it or follow some guidelines and so on. I invited Howard Gamble to join us from the uh, Wheeling Ohio County Health Department to talk about that. Howard,
4: good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning.
2: So we, st- we have a needle exchange program here in Ohio County, right?
4: We've had a, an exchange since 2015, um, of which we took off one week or one year um, to, when the programs became uh, over, overseen by the state of West Virginia. Uh, so when that rule went into effect and you had to have your program certified and registered with the state of West Virginia, uh, we took a year off. Uh, we were finishing up COVID vaccinations testing, mass, mass testing, mass vaccinations and disease management. And then we started back. Uh, so we've been in, in, we've been doing it since 15. How
2: does it work and where does it work?
4: So it's a pretty simple exchange, uh, and that's what when we built it in 15, um, it was to be a simple exchange. It's a one for one offer. An individual must bring in a needle to get a needle up to twenty needles. So they got to bring in twenty to get twenty. Okay. Uh, if they bring in seventeen, they get seventeen. It, it, uh,
2: prior to that, prior to that, it, it, you could bring it. You could just come and say, "I need, to, I need a dozen needles." Was that? Or wasn't that the case at one time? No. No. I, no. We I,
4: always uh, built it as a one for one. Okay. Uh, so you must bring in to get, and then the the individual. Um, essentially was offered uh, uh, whether it's um, uh, condoms um, uh, they were offered uh, alcohol prep pads these are to clean an area before you inject uh, some literature and then they had the opportunity uh, if they needed to actually have counseling services because we started out with uh, the program solely at Northwood and the idea was that Northwood could do same-day service if the individual told the uh, staff at the exchange i need to talk to someone northwood can then step in and it's still that case because we still hold a program uh one day a week over at northwood
2: do you get very or do they get many people that actually try to take them up on the on help other than just getting their needles
4: no no uh we we see more people who are asking for uh testing Mm -hmm. uh and then vaccination more more so testing uh, we can do a rapid HIV test uh, on an individual um, or if they want to talk to someone about counseling with um, disease management. Um, we see that, but not so much uh, I need to have services right now, I need to talk to someone.
2: Howard, from a health perspective, which is your uh, your bailiwick, from a health perspective, what's the value of a needle exchange program?
4: So the overall benefit is that you you're reducing the potential for an individual to either have an infectious disease, in other words, pick it up from using a dirty needle, or spreading an infectious disease because people are sharing that same needle. It's a disease management, disease control program. In other words, we're trying to eliminate one case or 100 cases of an infectious disease that may be passed around because we're sharing needles. If we can just eliminate one, the cost of the exchange is worth it. Uh, so that's really the, what's behind it is disease management.
2: We're talking about things like Hep C, I suppose conceivably HIV, those sorts of things?
4: Well, number one is HIV. That's why the program started in 2015. Uh, three counties in West Virginia saw the large HIV outbreak in Indiana. And in uh, Cabell-Huntington, Canal Charleston, Wheeling, Ohio County Health Departments put in programs in place. Uh, to pry, try to prevent, because it, it occurred within a population that was sharing uh, needles um, and HIV outbreak occurred. So it's number one is HIV. Number two, you would go down to the hepatitises, uh, but you're also, you know eliminating other infectious diseases that can be passed by sharing of needles.
2: All right, but what about the argument, Howard, uh, again, you're, you're looking at it from a health perspective, and I get that. It's designed to, to reduce the amount of HIV, Hep C, and other kinds of infectious disease. And by the way, do we have any evidence that shows it works in reducing those numbers?
4: So that would be really tough to say um, you, you no longer have those cases or the, the, they didn't occur we didn't have the magic eight ball to say if, if you do you don't uh, you will have cases you won't have cases um, We don't see a lot of hep, new hepatitis or new hepatitis or new HIV cases occurring But there is no way to say as that is the result of an exchange
2: Well, I get that you can't make the you, you can't make that correlation because you can't yeah. i mean, I guess you could if you did a special study but 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 the, are, are the numbers of HIV and the numbers of hep C cases Decreasing or have they decreased since that since needle exchange
4: began? So it's not so much decreased but what we haven't seen is an outbreak okay. or a a Deviation from our normal caseload and we have a normal caseload of both HIV hepatitis uh, other infectious diseases that we would uh, normally see <clears throat> And so what we have not seen is uh, we have a problem. We have lots of cases they're occurring uh, on a regular basis, and they're within this population. The population may be uh, men having sex with men, drug users, or teenagers, we just don't have that. So that's good news, but I think I agree with you, you really have to have an in-depth study that says this, those low numbers is the result of an exchange.
2: So what, what you are seeing, or what you can deduce, is that things haven't gotten any worse but you don't have any real evidence that no. things are getting better. But they haven't gotten any worse either.
4: Yeah. No, I, I, no, no. Large study has been conducted by the county. Uh, we are doing other studies uh, in conjunction with WVU on the needle exchange. Um, we do have our data collection that we use for uh, how many individuals have been seen, what types of, um, uh, how many needles are coming in, how many are going out, which usually is a balance. Uh, but we don't have anything in depth that says yeah, the needle exchange has reduced it.
2: So, how do you respond when people say, and I'm sure they say to you, I hear it, that uh, that these needle exchange programs simply are enabling people to continue their addiction?
4: Well, the, the first thing to remember is that individuals are already enabled. they're already they're already doing drugs. They're already um, active in the drug in drugs. So what we're trying to do is just to provide a a, a way to reduce the possibility of the spread of an infectious disease. They're already enabled. Uh, If I don't have the program or Berkeley Morgan doesn't have the program and another county doesn't run it, it will not mean you will stop drug use. Uh, Needles, if if you need needles, you can buy them. You don't have to have a prescription. Uh, you can go to some pharmacies that sell needles and you can get your diabetic needle and utilize that. Or you can use a dirty one. So individuals are already going to be enabled. What we're trying to do is just reduce the possibility of cases or an outbreak of an infectious disease.
2: have any sense of the numbers of people who do come and take advantage of needle exchange?
4: Yeah. You mean, I mean, how, how many? Yeah. So uh, well, prior to the the shutdown when we were in the height of COVID um, and the program became more of a stake uh, regulated, uh, we would see uh, on a weekly basis uh, individuals coming in. um, It was based upon the number of needles exchanged. So we were upwards of 400 needles for a week uh, being exchanged. Now we're down to um, maybe 300 at the max. We haven't gone back up.
2: But, the, but it, there's, there could be multiple needles in a single individual's exchange, right? Uh,
4: up to 20. Yeah. And so an individual can come in with 20 and get 20. But most of the time we're in low numbers. Individuals go from anywhere from two or three to um, uh, the mid, mid-teens and get their needles and they come back. And there's, there's nothing that says you only can come in once a week. You can come as many times. You just have to bring dirty needles to get clean needles.
2: Um, how do, the I assume you have been to some of these needle exchange programs. You've seen them in, you know, you've physically been there.
4: Yeah.
2: How do, how do the addicts, I guess I'll call them addicts. How do those who come in looking for the needles, how do they feel about this? How do they act? I mean, are they embarrassed to be there or are they, are they belligerent? Give me my needles. What's the, what's the attitude you get?
4: They're not belligerent. Um, uh, at times they're cautious and they are skeptical that maybe something's going to happen. Um, but after that, while they feel comfortable with staff, uh, the venue, uh, we have three venues that we can provide needles in. Um, they feel comfortable. They, they get their needles. They go out. There's a little conversation. We try to make more conversation than they provide. In other words, how are you? What can we do for you? Are you interested in Narcan? Uh, You want to get a test for hepatitis uh, or uh, HIV, Um, and is there anything else we can do for you stay safe, and they leave. Little conversation. Uh, They don't feel entitled. They don't feel um, there's someone watching them uh, that um, they're angry. They come in, they interact very little, and they leave. Um, Some of the people we know by name, and we have a a relationship with them by talking, Um, but they're just like as anybody else coming to our counter for any other service, there's not a lot of exchange between staff and the the participants.
2: Do they take? I mean, how often does somebody take advantage of uh, of an HIV or an Hep test, or take advantage of some of the other uh, opportunities you ask them about?
4: As far as the the, the number, you, you can range anywhere from maybe one a week to five a week. Um, but we also offer it to anybody else. You don't have to be part of the needle exchange to get tested or to have Narcan, um, to get free Narcan from us. Uh, that's that's and, the, and do people do that? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, Narcan uh, is large. Remember, Narcan... A Narcan can be distributed to you and I, as well as an individual who right. abuses drugs, because we bring a product into the home and it might be a good idea to have that Narcan just in case something happened. Um, for testing, it's the same thing. Maybe it's every once in a while, people need to be tested and we can do a quick rapid. And you know, yes, I'm I'm fine. And there, there's, uh, I, I participate in the study to say, yes, I am okay. Uh, But for individuals, sometimes they're just looking for the clean needle, and they now know they have clean needles, and they are limiting their exposure to possible infectious disease.
2: Do you gather any kind of information about them, or do they worry about you gathering information about them?
4: Well, now the programs in the state of West Virginia now have changed dramatically. So they are required to gather uh, some demographics on the individual. So I do gather some demographics that say within the county, um, and that also builds their unique ID. So when someone comes in, they are registered and they have a unique ID given them so that they can get needles on a constant basis with our program. But that's all part of the new state program. Um, You have to have some sort of exchange of data.
2: Um, Howard, I want to shift gear just for a real quick second. Are, Are we still seeing cases of COVID around here?
4: Oh yes, um, and we say that because we're monitoring COVID a little bit different. Uh, we actually monitor uh, sewage water. Excuse me. Yeah, um, this well, you, is you a,
2: monitor sewage water.
4: Yes, this is a program that um, the the city of Wheeling has participated in for some time, and I'll explain why the city of Wheeling um, the the city. Um, sewer system or city um, wastewater treatment plant handles the wastewater for just about the entire county. So the PSD, Tridelphia, Valley Grove, all the, uh, as well as Wheeling, all of their sewage goes into our treatment plant down in um, Center Wheeling. And so uh, City of Wheeling took the initiative and signed up with a program in which they sample the sewage water, wastewater and they're able to run tests on specific diseases and it helps us tremendously because we don't have active testing now we don't have a mass testing clinic the only time you do get tested maybe isn't an ER right and um, so we now have some data that says this is what's occurring in your community based upon wastewater
2: that is wild I, I had no idea that you could do that or that you were doing that what do you, from that information, what do you gather about the, the, the current situation with COVID here in the county?
4: So with COVID, what, it, what we see is that we have small spikes, and it follows what's currently trending across the country. But those the, the overall amount of cases or the amount of level that you have within your community continues to steadily decrease. So what's concerning is every once in a while during that decrease, you'll have a spike up and we will then see that correlate with the reports we get from an er that yeah we saw a spike in the number of uh, people coming in or people antidotically saying they're sick yeah. but uh, the wastewater treatment by the city of wheeling great program but it also tests some other things and we hope to test um, in the future uh, other diseases that way that we're able to uh, actively sample whether it's for uh, another infectious disease, or if we happen to have something that's occurring all across the country, that we can sample our water, erase water here and say, yes, we have a problem, we don't.
2: That's interesting. So um, I, I, I noted in some national stories that it seems to, in some places COVID does seem to be, I won't say resurging, but is inching up a little bit. Uh, so we're not we're not completely gone with that. What's your best guess? Are we going to be having to take more vaccines as time goes by?
4: Well, there will be one more vaccine offered in the fall. Now, will this fall turn into an annual vaccination? It could. It could also merge with a flu vaccine. Um, As we merged uh, M, M and R together, measles, mumps, rubella. You have one vaccine. This could happen, Uh, but it's on down the road. Many, maybe next year, year after and so on. As far as COVID, number one, we all have to remember the most important. It's not going away. COVID is going to be here for a very long, 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 long time. We did not vaccinate enough people across the globe. It is always going to be here in some form, and it's going to come up in outbreaks and pockets every once in a while. Uh, And we'll see it here in the United States. So there will be a fall booster offered. Um, And then after that, we just will do what public health does is monitor this case, um, the cases, and offer a vaccine.
2: Okay. Howard, appreciate your time this morning. Uh, It was a a quick request. I thank you for coming on, talking about the needle exchange, and I just want to get a COVID update as well. And I've learned, if nothing else, I've learned that we can test the wastewater to learn about COVID. That's amazing to me.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Appreciate it very much. Thanks so much today.
4: All right.
2: Anytime. Howard Gamble is the administrator of the Wheeling, Ohio County Health Department this morning here on the watch. Well, he's the administrator of the Wheeling Ohio Health Department all the time. He is with us this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 8.37, 23 till the hour. Ohio Valley headlines are here. Taylor Long is next.
1: Good Wednesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your seven news headlines on this August the 9th. Ohio voters determined the future of the state's constitution with the much talked about issue one. The Associated Press has projected that issue one, the proposal to make it more difficult for citizens to amend the state's constitution, has failed. The latest numbers show Ohio voters voted down issue one 58% to 42% according to unofficial poll results. More than 1.5 million votes have been counted. The issue did draw a large early voting response, with more than 700,000 people casting an early vote. We have more details over on WTRF.com. And on Monday, the Wheeling Police Department encountered a person who appeared to be intoxicated near 43rd and Jacob Streets. An investigation led to a search warrant for a residence on 48th Street, where police found several grams of methamphetamine, crack cocaine, and cocaine, along with thousands of dollars in cash. Authorities say they arrested 63-year-old Janet Wart of Wheeling and charged her with possession with intent to deliver. She was taken to jail and later arraigned, where her bond was set at $3,000. Police say other people, 59-year-old Leslie Ann Lacey and 39-year-old Brian Michael Gorzia, both of Wheeling, were issued citations for possession of meth. And a local group is coming together to discuss, educate, and combat the issue of human trafficking that they say is not only an issue worldwide, but also right here in a local tri-state area. The group, newly named Ignite Hope, is preparing for their seminar scheduled for August 17th at 6 p.m. at Wheeling Park Sunborn Shelter. This all sparked after the members of Ignite Hope saw the movie The Sound of Freedom. They were inspired to answer the question of what can we do when it comes to human trafficking locally and provide a platform for those who are seeking that answer. One of the members says that she contacted everyone from local leaders to those in Charleston and has had endless support. More details can be found at WTRF.com. That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everyone.
7: You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care, close to home, developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery, improving healing, rehab time and outcomes, offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services, and equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time.
2: 13. Let's
0: have 13, Frio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Frio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free on-site consultation, 304-233-3168, or visit FrioAndStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Frio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. So, so. On the last talk line, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Charlie Trump. You know,
4: our pension systems are better funded now than they've ever been. That's the, the result and consequence of a 35-year plan Bipartisan, you know I have That's to. Get, true. Uh,
7: That's true. That's
4: true. I give the Demo- I give the Democrats a credit for this because it started when they were in the leadership in the House.
0: Talk line weekdays at ten oh six on this Metro News radio station, broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by. WVU Medicine
5: Everybody's gone away Said they're moving to L.A. There's not a soul I know around
0: Everybody's leaving town as far
2: as I know, I'm not leaving town.
6: You leaving town? I you might.
2: To, you haven't gone to Moundsville, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to Moundsville. You're, that's right. You're, you're moving to Ohio where there are no homeless. That's <laughs> In the street. No homeless. Um, 842, 18 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I do not know if this text is criticizing you or me. I, I'm, I'm not sure. It uh, came while I was talking to Howard Gamble. Wow. Bob beat up on the homeless today. And then just sits there when Howard interviews his political hacks. Shame on you. I don't know who the shame is on.
3: Who was the political hack?
2: Well, I guess that was Howard Gamble, I guess. He's the political hack. I, 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 this guy, whoever, guy or girl, uh, I don't know who who it is, but I skimmed back over their previous texts. Political hack is a, is a phrase that this person uses quite frequently.
3: And uh, thanks for the text, but it wouldn't work very well if every time I interrupted Howard, uh, there would be someone else sitting in this seat, you know, we conducting an interview. Howard gives me plenty of rope to hang myself. And uh, did I beat up on the homeless? No, I don't want to beat up in on In the first them. place, I, I
2: agree. It was not a beat up on the homeless.
3: No, right. I just don't. Th- I think that's a terrible idea. All that money and stuff, we could do something better. That's all. But, I, but in
2: reference to what this guy's saying, and you just, I, again, I think you're right. They're, I think they're criticizing you for not having taken on on howard gamble
3: i like howard gamble i don't think howard gamble does anything wrong you just
2: sit there when howard interviews his political hacks my response is that's respect bob is showing respect to me and to and to the guests and uh, it is not totally out of the question from time to time when bob disagrees he pops in but he and i have the debate you and bob and i have the debate he had his rant i have my response and vice versa and then, you know, we've got the interview segment. I mean, that's just, that's the way we work it here.
3: And make no mistake about it. Uh, it could happen next year. It could happen, I don't know, in a couple of months. When Alex Mooney is sitting in there talking to Howard, they, you- they might take me out of here in cuffs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I was thinking the other day about Alex Mooney. You know, we talk a lot about the politics of, you know, Jim Justice, could I think, it, it can can beat Mooney. And then I I, as a Democrat, I would I think that if Manchin gets in the race, which he probably will, I think he's got a shot against Mooney, but he's going to have a hard time against justice. Um, And it's and then suddenly it struck me, you know, in that whole Senate race, you know, the only thing I care about, I don't even really I do care about who wins the race. But you know what I care the most about? as long as Mooney doesn't win I just want Mooney out of the political scene it struck me the only thing I really care about is I want that goober gone go back to Maryland and I wonder why he doesn't come on the show <laughs> <laughs> all right 8 45 quarter of the hour 65 degrees pretty much across the board 65 at the airport 65 at the Highlands, 66 um in my backyard in Elm Grove and 64 de- 64 still well, let me take a look here, Howard. No, it's 65. 65 degrees here at the Robinson Ottergrove Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Again, it's an easy week for you to remember. It's going to be a really nice day today, sunny and uh, low 80s. Perfect weather. Do something. Tomorrow, washout. Rain all day long. Some heavy, some not. It's going to be a rainy day all day long. Friday. Go back outside and do things again. The sun is out. The temperatures are pleasant. Saturday, is going to rain again. It's going to be a washout. Sunday, it's going to be nice. Monday, it's going to rain again. So it's every day, every other day. If Adam Fike and the team at uh, Storm Tracker 7 is right, that's what you have to uh, to deal with this morning. Hoppy's got a couple of interesting things coming up on the show. I mentioned uh, today at 10.06 statewide talk line uh, among the guests, Parkersburg's Mayor Tom Joyce. On the homelessness drug abuse problem, the mayor in Parkersburg is concerned, Hoppy tells me here, uh, about the the oxymoron that it seems the more services you provide for the homeless and the drug abusive drug addicts, the bigger the problem gets, that the more you give them services, the more the problem occurs. Um, certainly, that's kind of the crux of our debate that we've been having here, so... Should be interesting. And I had not, I, I'm not familiar with the mayor of Parkersburg. Tom Joyce is not a name that I know. So I'll be looking forward to that. I am amazed at this. Senator Mike Coupito, who is a Caputo, who is a really nice, I mean, I like Mike a lot. He's been a longtime delegate. Just got elected to senator, I think this past election, um, from the Fairmont area, has decided not to run for re-election which is really depressing for a couple of reasons. He is just a plain good guy. He's a good, good guy. He's also a good, strong Democrat that has a good track record and probably could keep on being elected. It's going to be one more Democrat seat that is no longer guaranteed, and in this state, I'm afraid, it's going to be probably one more that goes in the other direction. So that's more, more about that. With Senator Mike Caputo will be on with Hoppe today. Uh, to talk about his decision to do that. And then the corrections commissioner for the state will be in to talk about uh, some of what the legislature did in their special session to try to relieve the staffing shortages in the regional jails and prisons. Uh, and that'll be uh, part of what uh, Hoppy is talking about today. Also, in conjunction with the prisons, there's been a lawsuit filed in federal court in the Southern District of West Virginia uh, saying that the jails, the regional jails, are. Uh, conditions are too poor. Certainly reminiscent, Bob, a long time ago when those same kind of suits were brought about the Moundsville Penitentiary. And eventually the penitentiary was ordered. I think that was another art rec decision. I think uh, uh, the the penitentiary was ordered closed. And that's how the regional jails came about. So uh, busy stuff. Lots of good stuff coming up today on Statewide Talk Line uh, with Hoppy Kirchwell. He'll be in at 10.06, but at uh, 9.06 this morning, because it's Wednesday, it'll be our friends from the... Uh, legislative watchdogs, I am going to assume that we'll hear a little crowing. Is that a crow? Does that sound like a crow? That's like a big crow. Uh, Probably because I know that they were pushing very hard. Maybe a sick crow. (laughs) (laughs) At any rate, they're going to be, I suspect that they're going to be happy because issue number one failed in Ohio. Uh, That was the uh, constitutional that was the threshold change of the threshold for constitutional amendments up to 60% from the current 50 plus 1%. Um, and I know that many of the watchdogs were opposed to that, and they lobbied against it, uh, talked a lot about it on their show. Uh, certainly John Saunders in particular was among those. So, uh, And Fuzz, I think, too. So I'm going to assume they're pretty happy with the results of yesterday's election. Almost 70%. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I should, but I don't. At one point, it was sixty-eight point eight, almost seventy percent, overwhelmingly voted against issue two.
3: We did our share right here on the Watchdog Network, that's for sure. Yeah,
2: Ted Strickland was here with us. Uh, uh, Dave DeWitt from the Ohio Capital Journal, who, as I said earlier, is uh, read his editorials. There's there there's nothing mealy mouth about David Witt's editorials. He is the editor of the Ohio Capital Journal, a really good online newspaper, and. I mean, he, he, it, he tells it like it is, and he tells it like it is with absolutely no holds barred. 57.43, is that right? I thought it was higher than that. Mr. McCabe tells me it's 57.43. Okay, I'll take that. Still a significant win. Uh, I thought it was closer to 70%. But again, I, I skimmed the notes over the night last night. So, okay, thank you, John. Appreciate it. Always count on McCabe to keep me honest. If I if I make a mistake, there's one person I know will call the mistake to everybody's attention. John McCabe, John McCabe, thank you, pal. All right, it is ten till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show.
7: Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over ten thousand reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real Steel, find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies.
1: Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be one of the first people in my family to go to college. That education got me to the first day at my dream job which I could still hold while I served part-time. That job, along with the benefits I got through the West Virginia Army National Guard, helped me buy my first home. I also know that I'll be one of the first to respond if the Ohio Valley ever needs me during a natural disaster. I'm Sergeant Andrea Gump, and if you'd like to join my team, visit www.nationalguard.com wv for more information, or check out our Instagram or Facebook at We Guard West Virginia.
3: When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands, with a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family, or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging.
0: Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine.
2: got no rhythm. Um, Interesting comments here. Mr. McCabe is continuing to chat with me online here. Uh, He sends me a a copy of the map. This is Ohio issue one, the raising the threshold for a constitutional amendment to 60%. It was defeated uh, 57.01% to 42.99% according to the numbers. That's with 99% of the vote in, so 57 to 42, 43. Um, It is interesting, though, All of the no votes, which led to 57%, came from the big city areas. The counties in and around Toledo, Cleveland, Akron, Columbus, Cincinnati. The great middle of of Ohio, including our area, voted yes, voted in favor of it. But the overwhelm, the size of those large city areas uh, just was enough to, to carry the day. Uh, John points out, um, let me see if I can get to this. Uh, it, it really points out, uh, he says, the county map is fascinating, an indication that folks outside of the big cities in Ohio really don't have a voice. It is a point. I mean, it used to be the big three, uh, Columbus, Cincinnati, and Cleveland, um, throw in Toledo, Akron, some of those other bigger ones. The big areas have such a large population that they carry the day. Even though the majority of the state, in terms of numbers, one quarter of Ohio's 88 counties voted uh, against the amendment, but that was enough. So that only only one quarter voted against of the counties, but enough people were there to, to send it down to defeat. That is interesting. 66 counties, county by county, 66 counties voted for the amendment, voted yes, but it still lost by 400,000 votes. John's done the math already on this. Boy, he's. He must have got up a lot earlier than I did to do, to do all that math. I woke up this morning, I looked to see what the headline was, and it was issue one, overwhelmingly defeated, and that was as far as I went um, without doing all the math. Uh, we may follow more up on this tomorrow because that is really interesting. Or maybe on Friday when John is. Oh, no, John's not here Friday. Keep that in mind. John's not here Friday. Um, I, this, it's, it is interesting to see how that plays out. The big the big cities carried the day, and the rest of us kind of like just went along for the ride. And even though we voted the other way, it was, uh, it, it was that. So that's interesting. Uh, also, tomorrow, again, same thing that on the leaf, this Life Hub, which we've spent most of our morning arguing about or discussing. Um, I, I really, all I know is what I read in the paper this morning. I, would, I didn't know there was a special meeting about that at council last night. I would have watched it or gone to it. So all I know right now is what's there. I will try and track down the mayor or Jerry Sklaminakis or Melissa or someone to come in and talk a bit more about it tomorrow. Although if you want to get more information, I'm sure the mayor will have more uh, coming up today on his own show uh, beginning at noon after the TV7 News with um, uh, your Wheeling, No Two Ways About It. Howard
3: Monroe has been around a long, long time. Is this an issue, Howard, that you think that could get very compassionate, maybe put a wedge between council?
2: Yes, Yes, I do. Um, I've sensed all along. You recall one of the early conversations we had with Mayor Elliott, and you would you would just by by nature of his characteristic, by the things that he says, by his um, I don't want to say political views, but where he finds himself in terms of compassion or whatever word we want to use. I, I would have I would have in, initially thought okay this is something he's w- would just jump in and be greatly behind, but you will recall from the very first conversation here on the air with with Mayor Elliott about this, I sensed he didn't say it quite this way, but I sensed he wasn't totally sold on this project, and you could sense that last night. Now they kept making caveats. Oh no, we think it's a good idea, but Elliott and Sklavanakis raised some concerns about the fact that. Several city officials are part of this nonprofit board and that that's a little that's a commingling that maybe isn't good. Uh, and I've gotten the sense all along that several council members firmly believing in doing things for the homeless are not totally behind this this life hub. Now, that's just that's the way I've been interpreting this. And I think I'm pretty sharp about that.
3: If this wedge is a big one, could it shut it down completely? i got
2: to think that through. I, I, I think the answer is probably no, but it could certainly change. Look, the building is bought. Um, I assume it's a, 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 a loan. I mean, I su- assume it's on loan, but uh, the building is purchased. Uh, it's a nonprofit board. Uh, what I could see based on the way I heard questions being asked, the, the way I read in the intel, the questions were being asked last night, I could see counsel telling uh, Bob Heron, you can't be the president of that board. And Michelle Roganis, you can't be there. Maybe the housing authority—they're not directly uh, under council's authority—but uh, they may say that no, you know, this is not this. We, you can't commingle these people. I think council's going to lead to a, a change in direction on this. That, I'm. This, uh, this is a wild, wild, wild guess. I think you could see a change in direction in how this life hub works out. And quite frankly, maybe it's hopeful thinking because I hope they do. And I, I, I think it's a. I think the concept of of consolidating services is good. I'm not sure that location is good, but if it's certain kinds of services, they're fine. I think if it's going to be a homeless shelter, bad news there. And I so maybe it's hopeful my thinking that I think council may
3: feel that way too. Our council is full of honest, good people, but I could also see some politicking coming out of this also. How?
2: No question about it. And look, there are. Uh, I was going to use an analogy, and I don't want to so I'm not going to do it. Um, there, are, there are those who are very aggressively supportive of programs like the homeless programs and who will do almost anything to support that. And then there are those at the other end of the table who are much more cautious about this. I don't think any of them want to say throw the homeless out or flush them down the toilet or send them back to Ohio or whatever, um, but I think there's, there's room for some significant debate here. I don't think the life hub goes away, but I don't think. See, I don't think it's fully realized yet. That's the thing. I don't think they fully. It's fully realized yet, and I think it could be readjusted and redefined. Personal opinion. We may talk more about it tomorrow. We're gonna to make way for the legislative watchdogs coming up next, and uh, Bob and I. Well, Bob's sticking around to run with them. I and Bob will get together again tomorrow morning at seven o'clock, right here on the Watchdog Morning Show. <laughs>
0: 97.7 a.m. 1370 WVLY Moundsville
3: from ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston as the judge
5: in former President Donald Trump's election interference trial sets Friday as the court hearing day to determine what Trump should and should.